Lined into left center, and what a play made by the rookie Brian O'Grady. Pitch. Oh, into right field. Brian O'Grady, first big league home run. Fly ball, center field struck well. Marisnik going back at the wall. Gone! Welcome back, Brian O'Grady. And welcome inside episode 90 of Breaking Bats, presented by Not For Long Media. My name is Justin Ayers, uh, and the big three is back again. We have Kate and Brian. Brian, I'll start with you, though. Brian, you look amazing. It's so great to see you. How are you? Uh, and welcome back to the podcast, man. Oh, thank you. You guys look great, too. It's good to be back. Um, everything is good here, man. Just enjoying the uh, little start to the offseason here, being back with my family and being back home. Um, it's always fun just catching up, not doing a whole lot. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I enjoy this part of the off season for sure. Uh, but yeah, everything's good. Good to be back and good to be back talking with you guys. Oh, Kate, this is the only, this, I think this is only the second time Kate and Brian have been on at the same time. Cause we had the June episode yeah. that feels like it was a year ago now. Um, how are you, Kate? I'm doing well. Yeah, just moved, enjoying watching some postseason baseball. Brian, I'm curious if you're watching right now or do you kind of like remove yourself from it? Is it too much? And you like go towards other sports? Are you still keeping up for the most part? I still I still like to watch. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say I watch every single pitch because my, my <laughs> wife wouldn't let that happen right now either. But yeah. uh, no, I definitely – and I'm still, you know, a little partial to the Phillies. Uh, just from growing up as a fan of them. And uh, I have some buddies with the Rangers too, so I've kind of been rooting for them as well. So uh, I definitely still watch, and they've been some great games, but it is, as J.A. knows, it is also college football season, which is a big thing for me. So I'm watching a lot of college football as well. Nice, nice. Wait, who's your team? I root for Penn State. Okay, cool. Nice. Yeah, big Penn State fan. I grew up that way. I went. I obviously went to Rutgers. Um, yeah. So I kind of pulled for Rutgers a little bit too, but more so, uh, more so Penn State. Just have always have always been that way. My dad was a big fan growing up. Uh, you know, in Pennsylvania, obviously. Hopefully, they they got the biggest game of the year so far this week. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens. They got Ohio State at Ohio State on Saturday. So I'm pretty fired up for that already. Oh my gosh, that's gonna be a huge matchup. Wait, I, I feel like I've never. How come you don't? You're not a big Rutgers guy, even like you don't. You're not a Shiano man. You're not. You're not pulling for. I mean, I don't know. They're not bad at football this year, are they? No, they're 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 pretty good. But uh, no, I just was never really a fan of the football team. There, we didn't. <laughs> you know, we would just kind of we would go tailgate or whatever, and then go back to our place. I never really went to games or, or anything like that. I went, I went with Penn state played there, but um, yeah, I don't know. It's just something about growing up in Pennsylvania and, and Saturdays we're, we're for watching Penn state, not Rutgers. Well, according to TikTok, you're not from Philadelphia. So, I mean, you know, yeah, you know, the TikTok people definitely know more about me than, than I do, but <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Even when I commented, I said, Brian says he's from Northeast Philly. They said, that doesn't count. <laughs> it's that not Philadelphia. Yeah. Like those little, like, I don't know what suburbs of Northeast Philly. Yeah. They're just, you're not, you're not from Philly. I'm sorry. 
Yeah, my address was legitimately Philadelphia, but I'm not from Philly. You're right. <laughs> my bad. <laughs> my favorite. I think it's still going on in the comments of that video too. It's just yeah. The, it's first people... of all, the guy said the guy said Delco, which I definitely I... never lived in Delco, and where I live is nothing like Delco. So don't even put me in that fucking group. That's unbelievable. But that's a whole other story. Bucks County all the way, right? My parents, yes, my parents live in Bucks County. We, I we moved when I was like. 11 or 12. I can't even remember from Philly to where my parents live in Bucks County now, which is about 20 minutes outside the city. And yes, then I went to Archbishop Wood right down the street from where my parents live. And yeah, but you know, it's funny too, because Wood gets kids, gets kids from Philly as well. They get kids from a pretty big area to be honest with you, especially <laughs> nowadays because they're pretty good at football and other sports so just because you go to wood doesn't mean you're not from philly either so but anyway whatever it's just funny the concept of like people arguing about like what you're where, yeah. where you're from yeah um i was telling brian there's like in maryland i guess the closest thing would be like if people say they're from like dc or like the dmv and it, like there's always a big argument about like what is the dmv because it's dc maryland and virginia but it's not all of maryland so like if you're from baltimore you can't be like dmv so it's like there's this like internal battle between Marylanders of just like it's it's mostly just the D.C. counties that are like touch it, I think. But then you have some people who are like Annapolis and Baltimore are still. I don't know. It's the dumbest argument ever. Um, but I, I love people arguing about like hometowns and where they're from because it's it's very funny. Um, no, it's the best. Cl- claiming hometowns. Kate, what do you claim as your hometown? New York. Long Island, New York. Um, okay. If you meet somebody for the first time, are you saying New York City? No, never. No, I feel like that's more Jersey people say that. They're like, oh, yeah, I'm basically from the city. And they're like, wait, where? so where do you live in the city? And they're like, well, like Hoboken, but it's like right outside the city. So it's basically New York City. I'll say a lot of people like just don't know places, though. I'll give that. Like, I, you know, Kate or like me, I know if you say Hoboken, I'd be like, oh, okay, you know. Yes going to college in New Jersey and everything. Like I know those areas, but like Justin, if, if I asked you where you're from before and you were just like said where you're actually from, I'd be like, yeah, I don't know where the fuck that is. But if you said ocean city or like close there, I'd be like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. I just you say know? the word beach, not from the beach. It's just easier. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a, I mean, that's like the thing with Philly too, though. It's like people, you know, if someone, if I said where my parents are, like, Oh yeah. Warminster, Pennsylvania. They'd be like, yeah, fuck is Warminster, Pennsylvania. You know, like only people from around the area are gonna know where that is. So if you say Philly, you're like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. It's, it's funny. Yeah, you always have to like provide like a big landmark or something that you're close to. It's I, I say beach, you say New York City, and then Philly, which you're from Philly, yeah. but for people that don't know, it's a lot easier that way. Um, okay, uh, I have two quick ads, and then we're gonna dive straight into so many things that I have written down. I have so many things. I have a binder <laughs> full of things. Binders full of notes. Um, oh, my God. Uh, speaking of Philly, uh, we have two apparel sponsors. One of them is a Philly company, Few Will Hunt. It's one of my favorite brands out there. Uh, they're out to restore the dignity of hard work. My favorite shirt to work out in. Check them out, fewwillhunt.com. Lastly, a New Jersey company, Shoreboy Clothing Company. Uh, they capture the essence of summer at the Jersey Shore year-round, shoreboy.co. Check them out. Okay, first up. Uh, before we talk playoffs, uh, Brian, like we said, we haven't talked to you since June. A lot's happened since June. You are now a champion. 
uh, of the American Association of Professional Baseball. Uh, what we're going to start though with, like, so when what did you know about indie ball before you played there, and then what did you learn as you were going through there? It's funny because a lot of the guys I played with will say like the same thing. Uh, like I always said to myself or to people that would ask that I was, I'd never play indie ball. Like I would have never go and play at indie ball. Um, but obviously I did. <laughs> and it was, it ended up being some of the most fun that I've had. Uh, but at the, before, you know, indie ball, a lot of people see it as kind of like a, like last chance or, you know, trying to get back. And then there's a lot of guys who are in there who, you know, just to be totally honest, aren't really very good and are um, in terms of like affiliate ball, you know, like it probably don't ever really have a chance to get to the minor leagues or whatever. <clears throat> um, and they, you know, they don't want to play, they don't want to stop after college or whatever it is from that. So um, my idea at Indie Ball was like, last chance kind of like almost men's league type vibe and um you know the team i was on was a little bit different because we had some pretty good players but uh a lot of things were true but it ended up being uh, a lot of fun for me absolutely kate do you think indie ball has gotten better and more competitive over the years i remember I think it was now oh my gosh now like six years ago I interned for the New Jersey Jackals which is an indie ball team and at the time it was still new and they were up and coming and I remember like a lot of their resources were still you know on the ups do you think it's changed at all and has gotten more competitive yeah absolutely my manager from Kansas City might have actually been the manager at the Jackals back then I'm not sure but um oh I have to look into that Calfa Joe Calfa Pietra is his name he's actually from Philly no crap, oh, but, uh, yeah, yeah, he is. He lives outside of Philly now. He lives in, uh, where they live. They're like in Phoenixville, but, um, yeah, he's a great guy, but I know he did. I'm pretty sure he did the Jackals before. And then, uh, but yeah, the competition, honestly, there was, like I said, there's some guys who are like, you would run into and it just wasn't yeah. great. But like my team had, either eight or nine big leaguers on, on our team. So we were, nice. I mean, we, we were very good. And the rest of the guys were like mostly double A or triple A guys who had made it to double A or triple A. So our team was, was very good. Um, and then there were other teams in, in our league that definitely had like this similar uh, type of rosters. Ours was probably the most, um, I had the best, you know, past experiences or like highest levels, whatever before, but there's a lot of other really good players. I mean, uh, Sioux city had some really good pitchers. Um, they, they're just, there was Chicago had a lot of good players. I mean, there are some guys who can really play for sure. And who have a chance to, to get back or whatever, or, um, get there for the first time. And then I, I know like, um, what's the other league, the, uh, Jesus, the Atlantic league. I think Long Island Ducks, right? They yep. um that league's supposed to be pretty good as well. Uh so I but in general, yeah, I definitely think the competition has gotten better. Guys just they treat it um more seriously in general, but then just the way baseball's changed in affiliate, it's been harder for guys to get jobs or they get released mm -hmm. 
quicker nowadays because there's just less teams and stuff. So I think you have more guys who are talented and feel like that they can still play and, you know, they, they go and do that. And what's typically like the process following that? Do you have scouts coming to the games or are they really like looking at your numbers in the off season? There's definitely guys who are coming to watch the games. Obviously okay. you want to put up numbers too. Um, but I, I think in like, in, in my case or in guys who have already been around a little bit, you know, if somebody goes and, and watches a game and they just see something that they like, or they still think you can play or whatever, that, that might be all that it takes. But for a guy who maybe hasn't been there before, yeah, they probably got to put up some some pretty good numbers to to get that opportunity. Cool. Justin? Did you ask Matt Adams about what it was like to play for Kansas City? <laughs> Matt, <laughs> Matt's a legend over there. Matt is a, a legend over there. They, uh, you know, some of the guys were there. My manager, same manager, they, they love Matt. I talked to Matt during the season because um, I was pretty – I was not happy at some points there. So he was, he was kind of helping me out, but uh, Matt played well. And they, they all talked about how um, we'll say intense Matt was, or, or some of the disagreements he had with umpires and things like that. So there are some pretty good stories uh, about Matt. Uh, some of the balls, he, some of the balls he hit out and just things like that. So it was, it was fun to hear uh, those kind of stuff because, you know, Matt's such a nice guy too. It's just funny to, like to hear the, the, competitor the you know the competitive side side of him in games and stuff like that we have to get him back on because yeah i just think of him as like this this super nice quiet i can't imagine him just like chewing somebody yeah. out that that doesn't sound like matt <laughs> i'm sure he'll come back on one and two yeah i mean some of the listen some of the umpires there are pretty bad too i'm like really bad oh some of them are a decent amount of them were like high level college guys like acc or sec um, so they're, you know, pretty good, but then there's some who's, it's, it's bad. So, you know, Matt, who's got, I don't know, eight years or some nine years in the big leagues, <laughs> some, somebody makes a bad call. That's just, you know, ridiculous on him. Yeah. He's probably going to let him hear about it a little bit. I looked at like the big leaguers that like you have played with. It was like people that like are household names, not just for like diehard baseball fans, but I feel like a lot of people like, was it Oduble Herrera? I think came in. Um, yeah. uh, Finnegan, who remember he was like the youngest guy, they like drafted him and he was played in the world series that year or something for Kansas city. Um, what did it feel good? Like knowing that like that team wanted you though? Yeah. I mean, but my agent was kind of, you know, he's a good, I guess he, he had a good relationship with Joe, the manager, and, uh, he, he had sent some guys there before. And I had known actually guys who played there before too, uh, who were all good players and, everyone kind of said the same thing, like Kansas city, they do it, they do it the right way. They treat you right. And, and stuff like that. So, um, you know, I needed to get back on the field too, but I, I also had uh, a guy named Chris Herman, who's got, um, I don't know, he's probably got six or seven years in the major leagues too. That he was a catcher for, he still is a catcher, but uh, he had, he was player of the year. He had an unbelievable year, but he was my roommate. Um, I played with him in Tampa and we just kind of got to be buddies then. And he was there. And this was like, I was still in Korea and I saw, I saw, yeah, they played the fucking Savannah bananas, like to open the sea, like open the season. And her, like he hit a homer against them. And I like, he had it on Instagram and I like messaged him. I'm like, dude, like, where are you playing? Like, what is this? You know? And he was like, and you know, we were just playing them for a series or whatever. And, uh, 
so it was just funny. Like, yeah, he's another one. I mean, yeah, Doobie was our leadoff hitter, and obviously he – I mean, he had a very good big league career too. can still hit. Um, yeah, Brandon Finnegan, I played with him with the Reds. He was – First rounder, he pitched in the College World Series and then in the World Series in the same year. I'm pretty sure he's the only guy to ever do that. Yeah, and that was the Royal. You know, the Royals were that was what they won. They were unbelievable. Um, them, I mean, and there's you know there's a bunch of other big leaguers that were on that that were on that team um, that some people might know. But yeah, it was just it made it fun and it, it that it made it tough at some points in the season because we were first the whole time. And, you know, the season gets long. We felt like sometimes we felt like we could just kind of roll out there and win. (laughs) So we didn't play exactly like the hardest or best. And, yeah, those were the the times where it was feeling tough. But, um, you know, playoffs came and we all turned it back on. And, man, it it, it ended up being a ton of fun. It really did. I've heard you say that before, which is like it helped you rediscover, like, how fun playing baseball is. Could you expand on that? Like what was it about just like the opportunity to play in that kind of environment that was like the best time ever? Yeah. Well, for me, you know, my career has just been so crazy with like, you know, you work so hard to get there and then you finally do. And then comes while COVID, but, and then after that, like San Diego was great too, but at the same time, you know, bouncing up and down, got really old, like just being in the big leagues for two weeks, being in the minor leagues for two weeks, like just, and just doing that no matter what, and just not really getting like an opportunity, like truly, um, at the time got old, even though I, you know, now I would do it in a heartbeat, but at the time you like doing it, you're like, man, this kind of sucks. But then, you know, Japan was really cool, but it was tough at the same time. And then Korea was just rough for me. And so it was just so nice to come back and, like, play in America and play with, you know, dudes I could just talk to, like, just communicate with people and, like, know everything that's going on and all that stuff. So that was, in the beginning, just, like, the best part. And it's just so much more laid back there. Like it really does feel like kind of a men's league type deal. So in the beginning, that was a lot of fun too. Cause it was just like, I'm hanging out messing around. Like I just wasn't taking it super serious. Um, so those were probably like the most fun part about it. But then, you know, after a little bit, it was like, I didn't like it because it was too laid back. It was like, all these things again, you know, so it, uh, it, it went back and forth, but it definitely helped me remember how much fun it was. And then the playoffs, like when the games really mattered and like, we had some crazy games in that stretch and it made me play better too. So, um, just like really trying to win a championship like that was a lot of fun again. I love it. Kate. Yeah. I mean, I think you mentioned earlier this year, like your mental health standpoint, were you able to like see your family more? Cause I know that was a big issue for you when you were like playing away. I mean, obviously in a different country. Yeah. Yeah. It was definitely hard. That was the roughest part, but no, they, they came out a few times. Um, so that, you know, that was so much fun to have, have them there. Uh, my daughter loved it. She had a lot of fun 
and my parents got to come out. So that was cool too. Cause they didn't see me play in a few years either. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, that, that made it, that made it way better. And you know, that was as fun as it was playing in Japan and Korea. And I would, wouldn't close the door on it again, but you know, it's just, it's just nice to be in America and like have these things, the travel be easier and just all the things like that. Um, it just makes a big difference. Yeah, absolutely. And now off season mode, like November, do you take like a month off? Are you like, no, back to the gym every morning, hitting in the morning? Like what's kind of your off season routine until, you know, spring training going back? Yeah, right now I'm just lifting. I just okay. I work out. Uh, I take a break from hitting just because it's good at that. You know, when I was younger, I used to go right back and start hitting again. But as I've gotten older, it's better to just take a break and you know, if I have specific things I want to work on, once I start hitting again, there's plenty of time for me to, you know, get all that down and, and do what I want to do. But I can't like, I can't just sit around. I have to go to the gym or do something like I, you know, you guys run. I have to get like, I need to go to the gym and work out or like, I don't feel right. So yeah, basically in the mornings, that, that's what I'm doing. And it's, it's fun. I get to be a little um, like meat, meathead for a little bit here before I start going back into doing baseball stuff and worrying about that and you know morgan who ja you know we we had on here um and obviously philly are, what playing right now still doing great i talk to him like every day he still gives me all my workouts so uh yeah that's that's the other reason i love the offseason is doing that that's awesome yeah bulking season i love it morgan's the that's best, right so. <laughs> justin go ahead uh I just now do I, are you just are you rocking like the full meathead? Do you have like the tank top with like the nipples cut out and then, like, <laughs> the big ass jug with like your Tampa Bay Rays shorts on? Is this is that what, yeah. is that what the, the gym fit is? No, I keep it a little more uh, normal than that. But hey, you know, to each their own. When they're in the gym, people yeah. like to do whatever they like to do. I I do wear like I don't I haven't bought clothes to work out in and. I don't know how many years. So yeah, I am rocking like Padres, Rays, like random. All uh, of them, all at the same time. <laughs> and every uh, team, yeah, every like team. you know, <laughs> a few will hunt stuff. Like I, that's what yeah, I, yeah, that's what I'm wearing. Like I don't, yeah, I haven't, I don't buy new. Like I really don't. So yeah, you see me in the gym. It's usually like a noble shirt with like Padres shorts. Yeah, something like that going on. Have you? Ooh, here's one, here's a one. I, I wanted to go back to, but also do you, how many jerseys of your own have you, like, do you own? And then have, have you ever worn your own Jersey out in public? Ooh, yeah. That's a good question. <laughs> I've never worn my own Jersey out in public <laughs> well, for sure. For sure. Yeah. And how many jerseys do I have? All right. I have this Tampa one. I have, I have like, at least I have two Padres ones. I have a Sable Lions one. I have a Korea one. I think I, I either, I either have a Cincinnati one or I gave them to my like family and parents. I can't remember, but I probably have like five more. I just, I don't really have space to hang them up right now. So one day we'll, we'll change all that and I'll get them all, you know, in a nice room and everything like that. See, this is where you and I differ. If I played in the big leagues, I would go to target in my Jersey. I would do every, I would never, you'd have to cut that thing off of me. I would wear that thing out. Just like all the time. Oh, like, well, dude, I live, you know, where I live is a smaller kind of place too. So, you know, people at the gym, 
know me personally, so they don't, I don't know. They don't really care anymore. I don't think, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I like blending in more than anything nowadays, especially, you know, you spend some time in, in Japan and Korea, you stick out pretty easy. So I'm, I'm, I'm over the, uh, you know, That's attention, fair. attention part of everything. Early on in your career, I'm sure in the minors, you wanted everybody to know that you were like a oh, baseball yeah. player though, right? Yeah, I'm sure, but I never, I don't know. I never wore anything like crazy or stuff like that, I don't think. But yeah, definitely, I'm sure, yeah, you, you probably use that more when you're younger and like just doing yeah. it. But then, you know, and once I got to the big leagues, I don't think anybody recognized me anyway, but wasn't like I was uh, setting the world on fire, fire either, like trying to brag about it. So just kind of blended in. I still use you on the immaculate grid. So I do get, I do get plenty of immaculate grids and people, my buddies in, in, like when we were indie ball, they'd be like, dude, got you today on the immaculate grid. My mom sent me the other day, like one of the teachers in school, uh, who's actually like my assistant baseball coach was there, like did had me on the immaculate grin, like Senator. I'm like, yep. People send me that quite often. I'm pretty good answer. Whenever it pops up, apparently I've never done day... it. So I don't even like understand it, but so fun. It's addicting. I, I do it every day still, even in football season, but there was a day I'm not even kidding. It was you and Pete on the immaculate grid. Oh my God. That's a great immaculate so, grid right there. That's good. Speaking of Pete, he, when we talked to him, he said he was trying to coordinate a time when you guys were both in Kansas City to come say hi. So yes, yeah, we we just missed. It was it was sad, it was sad because there was like a crazy storm when they were there, and uh, so we both got rained out. But they were wow. like downtown, forty five minutes wow. away, and he had family there because you know they're he's from Missouri, not too not too far away. So like by the time he was getting done with them, and it just didn't work out. But yeah, I was sad. I miss him miss peter he's he's the best uh we have to make we have to make a concerted effort though we gotta we gotta get the band back together we gotta get pete and brian doing something yeah i might take a trip to st louis this offseason so well if i if i do Mm -hmm. i'll definitely uh i'll definitely go see him and uh josh blemick see those two videos oh yeah yeah Uh, Louis guys. last thing i had to clean up uh the indie ball thing was i I, I figured out a way to put video into this StreamYard, uh, and I just wanted your reaction to hang on, wait, wait for it. This is I'm bad so podcasting. Excited. Oh God, wait, I'm scared. One, two, through the middle, base hit center field. Herman rounding third. They're waving him in. The throw comes in from Heath. It's not in time, and the Kansas City Monarchs take back the crown. Miles Wolf. Champions 2023. So that a little context. It was a game-winning hit in the American Association. Uh, Brian, how cool was that? That's that's not a good question, but how cool was that? No, it was it was unbelievable. Honestly, it was so much fun that the playoffs, like in the uh, was it this? It was like the series before the championship. We were losing to Sioux City like 7-1 or something and we came back and won and it was nuts I mean it was half like we came back and it was half they just like imploded it was pretty crazy (laughs) 
but but we won. So that was like insane. That was the craziest comeback I've ever seen or like been a part of for sure. That happened. And then uh, Chicago, the championship series, we went to Chicago for the first game and they beat us in like 18 innings, I think. I think it went 17 or 18 innings. Like we, it was two, we lost two one in 17 or 18 innings or like three, oh two. It was insane. And it was just the longest game ever. And then we beat them three straight after that, but we were, we were up two one in the series and that game happened and we were up six one in that game and they came back and made it six, six. So we, everyone was kind of like, shit, we can't like, we really going to blow this right now. And like the the running joke was that I had booked a flight home, like at the start of the playoffs in case we lost, or like what well, so like in case we lost, I booked a flight home so that I could leave right away, and then I was just I had it so like you can move it, you know, like you, I paid extra so I could just like move it every time that we weren't gonna leave that day. So it was just like the running joke that. I was I had my flight already and everything and I had to keep moving it and uh, so everybody was saying they knew that we were gonna win when I was up because I already had my my flight booked for the next morning so they knew I was getting getting hit right there but it was crazy all right I'll, I'll make this fast the I lost so my you know my back company Richie Bats we were certified for twenty and twenty one in that you know MLB. And we had it, we haven't since then. So I was using old Hicks while I was there, but I still had one Richie bat with me that I would just use for like BP and practice. And when we were in Chicago, it just like disappeared. I don't know. I don't know if I put it somewhere, like, I don't know what happened. I thought it was just gone. And I had two old Hicks left. That was it. And then I somehow broke them. I forget if it was both in that last game or if it was like one the game before and then one in that last game. So I was about to use my buddy Taylor Snyder's bat. And out of nowhere, a guy, Andy Yerzy, hands me my Richie bat. And I was like, this was in the bottom of the ninth. I'm like, dude, where the fuck did you – like I didn't ask him to or like anything. Like he just like found it and just brought it down and gave it to me. So I'm like saying to my manager – I'm like, yo, can I use this bat in the game or do I have to use something else? Because when I hit this walk-off, I don't want them to, like, call me out afterwards because I used some bat that's not allowed. And he's like, no, no, fucking use it. And there it was. That was the hit. And oh, my God. It was with the first time I used a Richie bat in forever. And the <laughs> in that pile, all I mean, it was nuts. I knew it. The, the shortstop was playing me over. I was literally trying to hit a ball like to where the shortstop would normally be playing, but it went more up the middle. But thankfully, it worked. I hit it hard enough like where it was definitely getting through, but not like too hard or too high that the center fielder was going to have a shot at throwing him out. So I knew right away. And like in the side view, I slammed my helmet down like halfway down the line, or like knowing that Herman's going to score. And Whatever that happens, it's just like nuts. I think I took my jersey off. And I just like blacked out. It was nuts. And then all I hear all I hear in like the chaos of everyone jumping on me and like throwing stuff is our our closer, Patrick Weigel, who pitched in the big leagues for the Braves, is going 
you don't got to change your flight again. You don't got to change your flight again. And that that's like the only thing I remember here. And it was so funny, like looking back on, but it was, it was, it was incredible. That night was so much fun. I mean, I'll never, I'll never forget that for sure. That's awesome. There's a lot going on. How was that? That's your first championship, right? Or have you won one in the minors? I won one in the minors. Technically, I won two in the minors. I won one in Billings in short season um, that I was a big part of, and that was a lot of fun. And then in my first year in AA in Pensacola, we actually won, but I was hurt. So, you know. You get a ring for this one, though, right? Three championships. Oh, yeah. We're getting a big ring for this one. (laughs) They're fired up about it. They're, They're pretty pumped. Yeah, I think you have to wait till like next summer to go get it or something. I, I did. I think I briefly yeah. looked into this, so uh, you have to change your schedule around June of next year. Get your. You get never your know. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Exactly. Um, okay, Kate. Any last last things before talk a little playoff ball? I'm good. Okay. Um, actually, wait. Last 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 thing. Uh, 2024 plans for Brian. This is good. I think people are actually curious. What What is your goal? What are you trying to do? And we talked we talked about your workout stuff already, but like, yeah, t- tell me what's what's the the plan? Yeah, the plan and goal is definitely is to, is to keep playing. Um, preferably in affiliate, I'd like to get back to you know, just AAA or, or whatever. You know, I don't. I would love to get a, an invite to big league camp. Not sure if that at this point is is in play or not. But really, for me, what I want now is just one more shot to try to try to get back and, you know, play like that. I miss, I, I miss the chase of like trying to get to the big leagues or fighting to stay back in the big leagues. Like I, I really do miss that. So I still feel really good physically. Like my body feels the best it has um, in a long time. Still feel like I can play. Uh, don't feel like I lost anything. Still know I can run everything like that. So, you know, I definitely want to play. So I'm preparing like I like I always would, and hopefully uh, someone will give me that opportunity, and and we'll go from there. And you know, I listen. I am getting older. I know, I know. Uh, I'll be 32 yeah. in May, which is crazy. So I don't feel old at all. But in baseball these days, that's getting older. But I just want uh, one more run at it. And you know, I've I haven't not played well in AAA ever. So I don't. You know, I have no doubt that. I would play well like I always have and, you know, be some depth or hopefully work my way up or whatever. So just looking for someone to give me that chance and go at it one more time. And, you know, if, I don't know if Japan or, or whatever happened again, I'd definitely be open to it. Um, but I'd say, yeah, my main goal is getting back to, to affiliate and seeing what happens. Hell yeah. It's ready for it. This is exciting too. Just like, the possibilities are endless. Uh, so for any team out there, Brian does come with three different kinds of baseball mitts. He'll bring his first baseman mitt, his third, his little tiny one for third base, and then a, a slightly bigger one to play the corner outfield spots. Um, so, you know, we'll travel too. So Absolutely. Play anywhere how's, how's you, I really did. Game? It was, man, I, I played like 10 games there in Kansas City, and – it was not pretty at first, but after I got like, some games under my belt, it was all good. I don't think I had – I th- I think I made one error. And it just – it just ball took a bad – I was like right on it, you know, perfect. And it just took a 
hop and went like right by my neck somehow. But that was it. That's it. So we could yeah. still do it. We're still, still. Yeah. He could do anything. Like when Miguel Cabrera hit you one. Yeah. 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 That's it. Just throw it straight to the ground so it bounces there. That's all you got to do. Yes. That's all you need to do. All you need is a good first baseman to pick it. You're fine. Um, that's it, man. Okay. This is great. Talk a little playoff ball now because uh, first I wanted to go back to a series that already ended, but I did want to kind of clean this up because we haven't really talked about this. We had Steve Johnson on last week to talk about the Orioles. When we taped it, they still had hope. Um, they've since obviously been eliminated and run out of hope. But Brian, how would you look back at the 2023 Baltimore Orioles season? Success? Well, to start, yeah, absolutely. To start, I we were to me and you, Jay, were texting about this, and I said that I thought Texas was going to beat them because the Orioles. They just have no experience. Like they, it was an unbelievable season for them. All those young guys can play, and they're going to be really good for the next however many years. And they're probably going to be one of the favorites next year. But the playoffs are just a different animal in Texas. Uh, I said you'll have to go back and look at the receipts. I said Texas has guys who's been there who have been there before, and you know they're obviously up 2-0 on the Astros right now too. So, um, but I man the 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 Orioles was, they, it was unbelievable. I mean, Gunnar Henderson, what a player he is, what a player he's going to be. Uh, that whole team, I mean, they're just filled with young talent and, you know, I'm sure they're going to go out in free agency and fill whatever holes they think they have. And man, they're going to be right there in the mix for the next five, seven, however many years. Love it. Kate. Yeah. I was surprised that, it was as quickly as it was, but I think to Brian's point, like nobody even expected them to even win the AL East, let alone make the playoffs. So in that regard, going from 83 wins to clinching the AL East automatic buy into the ALDS. Like, I don't know how you can't say that's not a successful season. I know some people argue world series are bust. Okay. But in my opinion, that was a success. And then I think in terms of the playoffs, like everything, that we were kind of hoping wouldn't happen to them did. I feel like any, everything was really exposed. Like the rookies, aside from Gunnar Henderson, who hit 500 um, during that series, everyone else Adley didn't really do much. Nobody was really showing up. And then the pitchers, you know, they were getting hit and the Rangers, I think just outplayed them. So I think next year, and again, for the next couple of years, you have to think about like Jackson holiday is going to come up maybe next year, the year after that. So they're going to be set up. And I feel like there's also giving all of those young, like that young core, experience that way next year they can kind of use that momentum sky's the limit yeah i i saw uh they have three finalists for some awards gunner for outstanding rookie bradish for al outstanding pitcher and then brian o'hearn it's one of my favorite dudes out there al comeback player um he's up yeah, against glass now and liam hendricks by the way so he might not Ooh, who, who's winning al comeback player of the year brian it's gotta be hendricks for sure yeah yeah, that's that's, yeah. A, that's a good story. Yeah, last I mean, now though. Glasses, glasses, nasty. I mean, Hendricks, obviously, that coming back from a battle like that is, you know, amazing. So, yeah. I think he'll win it. But I am happy. O'Hearn's a good dude. I played against him coming up um, when in Billings. That is when we were talking about championship. He was MVP of that league, and man, he tore it up back then. I always thought he was a really good hitter. And you know, Ryan O'Hearn, Brian O'Grady, we kind of bonded off of off of that so yeah good for him man that was a great turnaround 
He's the best. Yeah, all it took was just coming to Baltimore. Whatever secret sauce, mm-hmm. we, we'd, I'd love to have him on to just figure out, like, was it like a mechanical thing? Was it a mindset thing? Was it a playing opportunity? Because I feel like when guys have these breakout seasons, it's got to be like some combination or maybe one of those. Definitely. It could be, it probably is a combination, but you know, there's sometimes we can I will say I noticed he started striding like way close, like he closes off way more now than he ever used to. So that definitely was some sort of adjustment, but you know, sometimes it just takes change of scenery, different, some different voices and some, you know, real opportunity to, to play and be in the lineup. Was he really intense back then too? He, he never smiles. <laughs> Maybe not as intense as he is now, but, you know, right. he was always along those lines. But, man, he could hit. Still can. Who's the most intense player you've ever played with or played against? Tommy Pham. Oh, yeah. I could see that. I think no so. further questions, Your Honor. No further questions. I don't think that. <laughs> I Tommy, we'll drop it now. <laughs> Tommy's best. Tommy, Tommy's my guy. Tommy's. Tommy's best. Yeah. I've never seen anybody work harder than him, but you've been be more intense about it. Nothing. He's Tommy's one of a kind, but I think, yeah, like right off the top of my head, that was, that was definitely who I thought of. That's so sure. There's other guys, but <laughs> we're very pro Tommy now. fam on, on, the, on this podcast. Yes. We're pro Tommy. Yeah. Fam. Hitting, hitting three hole for the Diamondbacks, man. I mean, yeah. Tommy fam doing it. Ooh. Uh, another team that I want to touch briefly on that, uh, Tommy Pham's former team, also your former team, Tampa Bay Rays. What is it about the playoffs, specifically the wild card round with Tampa and their offense? They scored one run last playoff and this playoff combined. Um, I don't, that's hard, really hard to do. You would think they would luck into something. What, why can't they hit in the playoffs, Brian? I, it's honestly, I think it's just kind of bad luck. I, I mean, you know, Brandon Lau got hurt. Uh, Luke Raley, who had played a lot for him, was hurt too. Both lefty hitters. Then um, I, you know, the Wander situation is a whole other topic, but he wasn't around either. Um, so I, I think it's just it's just bad luck. I because they're obviously like they're they're very good and they're always right there, and it just seems for whatever reason the playoffs uh, just doesn't work out, but. They're hard. They're just hard to like count out. I would never. If you asked me who was going to win that series at the time, I would have said I would have said them. But you know, maybe we'll see. Maybe Texas is that team of destiny because they're they're looking pretty good right now. So maybe they got knocked out by the eventual World Series champions. I did have a future on the race to win the World Series too. I had it at thirteen to yeah. one. So <laughs> you did. That was kind of a bummer. Um, <laughs> and also, yeah, I've just like, I I have so many fandoms going on right now, mostly because of the guys that we meet on this podcast. I've talked to Kate a lot about this mm-hmm. and I get made fun of now in my friend group. Now I'm just, apparently I'm just the, the bandwagon Homer favorite team guy now. Um, so it's hard, Brian, do you have, do you have these problems? Do you have like an internal debate about which team you're rooting for? Because guys, you know, played for them, that kind of thing. Yeah, some. I mean, if my buddies are on teams, and I'm, you know, I obviously am rooting for them. Like, the, like I said, the Rangers and the Phillies, right now. Uh, Tampa. There's a lot of guys there that I still root for, and San Diego, same thing. Uh, so I definitely am partial to those teams. Or Cincinnati. 
you know, TJ Friedel, I'm always rooting for him to be, be playing well and um, things like that. Not necessarily the whole team, but yeah, the guys that I know. Like the other night, I have, besides Nate Lowe, I have some other friends that are with Texas too, but, uh, you know, I turned, turned that game on and he hit the homer and like two pitches later. And I'm like, you know, it was just like, it was so cool to see that. I'm so happy for like him in particular, but it's definitely fun to watch, watch your friends be playing well on any stage in the big leagues, but especially in the playoffs. We interrupt this episode to bring you a word from the official sponsor of Not For Long Media and the Breaking Bats podcast, the original Fudge Kitchen. It is a staple of the Jersey Shore with six locations in Cape May, Wildwood, North Wildwood, Stone Harbor, and Ocean City. The original Fudge Kitchen makes all of their fudge in-store guaranteed a delicious product, so stop by and let them know that Not For Long Media and Breaking Bats sent you. Check them out online at fudgekitchenswithans.com as they are shipping fudge and sweet treats all across the country. Now back to the episode. Kate, what's the flow chart like of your rooting interests? Right now, I would say, well, it's, no, I'm not like you. I don't have 12 different teams that I root for. Rangers here, baby. <laughs> I only pick a different, no, I'm so mad that you have a Ranger shirt on right now because on our last episode, he was like, no, nah, the Rangers aren't going to win. They're not going to beat the Tampa Bay Rays. There's no way. And now he's riding the Texas Rangers. I'm so mad at you for this. But AL. <laughs> No, I only pick a team once my team is eliminated. Like, this is ridiculous. Always the Yankees. Now, if I have to pick an AL, it's Rangers because I can't watch the Astros win. And then I – the Phillies are so good. Like, I don't – I love the Phillies. So, nothing against the kids. Love the D-backs too, but they can – maybe next year. Phillies or Rangers. It's It's got to be the Rangers. I, I have a hard time rooting for the Phillies. One is a Nationals fan. Um yeah, tack okay. that one on to the fit to the favorite teams. If you're keeping track at home, it's it's basically a fourth of the league right now that I am somewhat invested in. Um, I just as a Nationals fan, I can't I can't in good conscience. I root for Matt Strom though, so for one inning a night when he pitches, I will be ride or die. Strom so, is pitching well. I mean that save to get him to the CS. Awesome. Were, were you were you watching that? I did. I saw that. I was pumped for him. I was pumped. Man, yeah, I'm still a little partial because of where I grew up. But, you know, Morgan is, like I said, one of my good buddies. So, uh, root for him, uh, for them to do well because it looks good for him. <laughs> but uh, And he deserves it anyway. But, man, they, they're, they're a fun team. They really are. I mean, Bryce Harper, unbelievable. I, I, I mean, the start to that game last night was insane. Like, Schwarber hits that ball a million miles an hour first pitch of the game. And then Harper, I, I mean, Castellanos and his son, like it's just, it's just cool. And the the atmosphere there, man, the crowd in Philly is just unbelievable for those games. Oh, that actually segues well uh, into what I was going to ask you next about. It is the Phillies D-back series. Um, why is Merrill Kelly shit talking the bank? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, not a great idea. Definitely some people are going to be saying some nice things to him uh, out there tonight. But, <laughs> I mean, in his yeah. – Yes, very, I'm sure very respectfully. Uh, in his defense, the I'm sure the Venezuela game that he's talking about was absolutely insane too. And Miami was indoors at the time too, so it was probably like crazy loud in there. But, um, you know, I, if I was – I'm sure they don't feel this way, but like the D-backs, it's kind of, it's like they got nothing to lose, you know, 
So maybe they're just kind of like, eh, go out here and just fucking play, whatever. But, um, yeah, they're going to be letting Kelly – God, he gives up some runs. They're going to be letting Kelly hear it tonight. Only a solo shot by Turner so far as we're taping this. So it's only okay. one nothing. Um, yeah. But, Kate, do you think the bank is the best playoff atmosphere in baseball? Oh, 200%. I just, I think Philly in general, I, the fact that the players were literally at Xfinity celebrating with the fans, where else are you going to find that? I thought that alone. Also, I don't know if you went, I was deep, deep on Spencer Strider, Twitter, TikTok, everything. The Phillies fans really let him hear it during the brave series. So I'm genuinely concerned from Al Kelly, like, them standing over the bullpen where Spencer Strider was warming up was I, and I'm a Yankee fan. I've been at Yankee stadium in a playoff atmosphere. That was the craziest I've ever seen people heckle another player. And again, they heckled Altuve. They heckled uh, Carlos Correa during the uh, ALCS. And that was absolutely insane. What they were doing to Spencer Strider. Wait, I, I didn't, I didn't hear the audio Were there was it something about his mom or something. There was one about his mom, but then they, I think they went nonstop, no exaggeration for his entire warm up session. Like there was just no, no stopping. So they're, they're crazy, but I think it is, if you're a Philly fan, I would say it's a really fun atmosphere. Personally. Brian, back in 08, didn't, didn't you go to some playoff games back in 08? Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, I was there. It was, it was unbelievable. I wasn't, it was, uh, I was there for the Dodgers series. I wasn't there for the World Series, but, Still crazy. I mean, atmosphere? it was. Yeah. Oh my god, it's it's electric. There. It looks. I mean, on TV now, it looks even better. They just the Philly fans. I mean, the Eagles and the Phillies really are huge there, especially when the when the Phillies get to the playoffs. Um, even during the regular season, they come out and support very well. But obviously, the playoffs are different, and you know that place is packed, and, and people people really do love the Phillies there. Yeah. Would you say it's Eagles one, Phillies two, in terms of town rooting for things? Yeah, I'd say I'd say so. Just because the you know the Eagles are the Eagles, and you know football, it's once a week. Phillies they're playing all the time. So, but the play, I mean the playoffs, man. Like I said, the Phillies Phillies playoffs games are top level without a doubt. Here's a question for you. This is going back to the last series, but obviously we haven't had you on to talk about it. Um, it was the attaboy Harper from Arcia. Uh, yes. What did you think about it at the time? Did, see, I, I had a take on it when I was texting you. I was like, I think Bryce Harper is trying too hard to be like Michael Jordan and trying to use anything as like motivation. Like when MJ, when the guy said, good game, Mike, but he didn't actually say good game, Mike, and he went out and torched him, like that kind of stuff. <laughs> um, but what did, you, what did you think about it? And, and is the clubhouse a sanctuary? I think it's kind of, I think it's kind of like what you said. Uh, I don't think the way I see it happening in my head, Arcia isn't like talking shit in the clubhouse. I think he's just kind of saying it as like probably other guys would like, I don't, I really don't think he was talking shit to Harper. I think he just said it. And my understanding is he doesn't speak great English anyway. So um, yeah, I don't think it was as serious as, they made it out to be, but then you turn it to the Har- Harper and the Phillies. It's like, yeah, it's just, it just, just gives you more ammo. Like, why not use it? Why not take it as something? And I mean, listen, you hit a homer 
right away like that after you hear you know hear some sort of whispers like that or you know maybe you do are a little too aggressive at the end of that game like shoot him a little look loved it i thought that was awesome like i the picture of the second one where it's dark and like that is one of the best pictures i've ever seen like you know i just think it's good good gamesmanship there um taking anything you can and, and just using it and they're both NL East teams, so there's a, you know they don't love each other already. Play each other all the time, and you know obviously the Braves had a great season, so the Phillies are trying to knock them out. The Phillies probably thought they deserved or should have won that that game that the Braves did win too. So all of that, and you know as far as the sanctuary in the in the clubhouse, yeah, I I, I do think it is, but I mean you can't you you know when a reporters are around and you can't just say whatever you want to say too and not expect it to go wherever. Um, and it's, I haven't got COVID changed, changed a lot of things. Like, I don't even think even when I was in San Diego, I don't think reporters were allowed in the clubhouse. Like they are again now. And like they were before COVID, I think in 20 and 21, that was like, not like that. So I forget what it's like when they're all just can just come in after the game. But you know, like I said, I think RC was just kind of probably messing around a little bit, and they were pumped that they won the game. And, you know, whoever it was, I don't even know who it was, but heard it, and hey, this is a good clip, this is a good bite. You know, put it out there, and that's it. I, I think, I don't think it was bad on on RC's part. I don't think it was bad on the reporters' part, and I don't think it's bad on Harper and the Phillies' part to like blow it up and use it as more motivation, if that makes sense. Kate. Yeah. I'm curious if you would be the type of player to hear a comment like that and kind of replicate Bryce Harper's actions or just keep quiet like during a playoff atmosphere. No, absolutely. If I had a homer, I would have looked at him or something like that. No <laughs> doubt. It's just like such a it's such a perfect, like subtle way to just be like, Yeah. yeah I heard you. Like, it's not too over like he didn't say anything to him. It wasn't like too over the top but yeah. it was enough that everybody knew and he made his point, you know? Yeah. And kind of following up with that. Cause I mean, we've seen like Bryce Harper, Nick Castellanos and Trey Turner, like really showing up in the postseason. even Kyle Schwarber yesterday. Do you think certain players just like, what is it about them that they're able to perform so well under pressure when look at the Braves lineup equally as talented, they cannot perform like that like do you think some people just enjoy the spotlight and playing in those type of moments yeah I think that's probably part of it I mean first of all like all the guys you just said are really really good players it's not like any of them are low level and playing you know way above what people think they can I mean I think Harper had a had a uh a clip saying you know like there's no pressure in this for me um pressure was like being picked number one overall and all that stuff like now this is just fun and you know yeah he probably feels that way but it's it goes back to for me like the experience you know the phillies were there last year a lot of the same guys they beat the braves last year i think they just have that confidence and and are feeling good and you know yeah trey turner that lineup that's a i know that's a big that's another big player right there so i the phillies are scary for sure justin Kyle Schwarber just hit a home run, by the way. Um, I mean, right, right on, right on command. I think right literally as you. she said, yeah, Kyle Schwarber, Trey Turner. I look and it's just, just a Schwarber bomb. And so, every time, 
Every time they hit homers, that's I text Morgan and say, "Man, that's a good strength coach right there." All these homers. And <laughs> these guys like, are yeah, all we'll, jacked. We'll yeah. go. We'll yeah. go with that. Yeah, it's me. We'll go with that. I, I had a question about: Is this just the new playoff for, or like playoff formula for winning? Is to hit home runs? Because I saw <laughs> in the divisional round, forty-seven home runs in the DS, hundred eighteen runs scored, seventy of those were coming off of a home run. Um. I always thought like when the Orioles were going to the playoffs, like that was a home run hitting team. And I always heard you're supposed to be like the Kansas city Royals play small ball. And like, you can't just only hit home runs. Has it just shifted to now that that's the only way you can win is to hit a tater. I don't think it's the only way you can win, but I think it's like, I don't know if I should say easiest. It's just a hard these days to string together that many hits to score runs, especially in the playoffs, because Managers are using their bullpen different. They're more aggressive uh, in how they do it than they are the regular season and things like that. And if it's a you know if it's only the three game series or whatever, then that's a a whole different story about how you can use pitching and you know. So I just think if you have that power threat, you know the Phillies. I mean they're hitting solo shots too, which a lot of times don't hurt that much. But the Phillies have also pitched really well. Um, to go with go with their power but i think it's definitely tougher nowadays to be a small ball team or to to not hit home runs than to at least have that threat or have the ability to have a few guys in the lineup that can run into runs that's what i always thought too because like it only takes one pitch that's one run potentially or if there's guys on base that's Mm -hmm. more but i was just for so many years i was told that that's bad and you're supposed to bunt and drag bunt, bunt for a hit, and sack fly your way into winning these games. Um, it's just crazy, yeah, because I, 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 th- I always think of, like, there hasn't been a real big small ball team, I feel like, that's won it since the Kansas City Royals. Yeah, you're game. probably right. Yeah. You're probably right. I mean, you need I, – I think, yeah, I think nowadays you have to have some, some sort of power. Um, the Phillies are – probably taking it to like the extreme of that right now. I mean, they're just really hot and all hitting home runs, but yeah, I don't, it's, it just seems to be really, really hard to, you know, have a big inning where you have like five hits or something like that. That just doesn't happen very often now. It seems like. Yeah. Are you jealous that you never played on a team where dancing on my own was the team anthem? (laughs) Hey, they really have like embraced that whole thing and the crowd too. I mean, good for them. That's cool that they have a, you know, a sort of rallying song. It's pretty funny that it's dancing on my own, but um, hey, whatever works. Kate, how many times have you streamed that song on Spotify? Oh, millions of times. I think it's funny that the 2018 Red Sox used it first and now the Phillies like, nope, our song now. (laughs) But it's interesting. Yeah. I feel like it's gotten I feel like it's gotten tossed around between a couple teams. I feel like there's it really has. Around. Everyone wants it. It's a good song. It is the the good remix song. with like the beat behind the it re- is good. The original without like the DJ thing, it's just weird. It's really slow. Works. The original's really slow. The original's really slow. It's kind of sad too. Like you listen to the lyrics, yeah. like, god damn man. Go, go out, you know, just get back out there. Keep your head up, man. Don't don't get down. Um yeah. and now you see like dude shirtless. Garrett Stubbs just gas and beers to that song now. Keg stands with dancing on my own in the background. Yeah, keg, just keg stands. 
Ooh. Uh, Brian, how many Coors Lights were consumed after you won the Indie Bowl Championship? Uh, I, I took it easy that night because I was leaving oh. my flight. <laughs> my flight was leaving right. at like 7 a.m. the next morning. So I was I took it easy. Honestly, I think I drank like one and a half. I had oh. I had one like immediately, like you know, right after like when we were celebrating on the field. I had one and then opened the second and just like sipped it barely Set for like the rest of the time. Yeah. yeah. Because I was like, I, I am not missing this flight. I got to be up way too early, take the rental car back, all that stuff. But yeah. a lot of the other guys had, had a lot of fun that night, but I had to come back home when we get back home. That's, that's, that's a veteran move, though, I feel like. Yeah, yeah. I got I to take the rental car back. I have to do adult things. I can't just be, yeah. you know, bonging. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. It was, you know, if, if, if you told me that I was going to hit a walk-off single to win the championship, I might've booked a little bit later flight than 7 a.m. But, you know, I had 7 already. 7 a.m.? Yeah. It was, That's oh early. God. Was it 7 or was it earlier? I think it was 7. I was up early. I, I left, I left my apartment at like 4.15 or 4.30 that morning. Damn. These, this is and the behind the scenes. Behind the music Behind stuff the that scenes. people are interested in. Yeah. yeah. How many Coors Lights did Brian have? Because you had the interview. You had the one Coors in the interview. And yep. then that was probably the one that I, you just like held for, you know. Yeah. I just took it easy after that. It was, listen, it took a lot to not drink a bunch of Coors Lights after that. But my wife would not have been happy if I missed that flight home the next morning. So, <laughs> got to do that's, it. That's the big, it's a big yeah. internal struggle. How many Coors Lights should I have tonight? <laughs> I have that every weekend. I'm right there with you. Um, uh, I want to talk a little ALCS. Uh, Scherzer's coming back for this next game. Uh, what do we think? Are we thinking? I think I saw a stat. It was like teams that go up two nothing in the in the championship series, they win like 91 percent of the time or something. I mean, this is this is Texas, Texas all the way, right? Yeah, I mean, I would have to go with Texas, and. I do think they're a better team, honestly, but I have learned to not count the Astros out over these past seven years or whatever it's been. So, you know, I won't say that it's it's a hundred percent Texas, but yeah, it, it's hard to blow a two zero lead like this. And um, Texas, you know, they're they're playing well. They they have some really good players. So, but we'll see, man. I I said it to you too, like before. Anybody counting the Astros out is just not very smart because all they've done is one for however long. And it's going back to Texas too. Um, yeah. He, and hold on. Watch, the, the, yeah, the yeah. Homer, the Homer that Jordan Alvarez hit off of Araldis Chapman the other night, his second Homer was one of the dumbest home. Like that was unbelievable. It was a slider, like literally off the plate away just about. And he hit an absolute missile right field. It was just insane. Like yeah. he's unbelievable. That was crazy. Sorry, that was I my next question. No, was I agree? Do you, Kate, do you, do you get like secondhand anxiety watching Chapman pitch because he tries really hard to give it to Houston every time? He's doing his he's doing his damnedest. The the pitch that Altuve hit to the wall that would have been it was either the game time or the go ahead that Evan Carter made that insane catch. I was staring at the screen going. No. Oh my gosh. I'm back in time. I'm back in 2019 ALCS game six. And I want to hurl myself off a bridge. This is the worst <laughs> moment, but no, I really, really do. Anytime you like, I see his graphic come up. It's, and it's always like the eighth inning and he likes to, 
he likes to keep it interesting. I will, I will say that. I think he enjoys some satisfaction out of it. But yeah, PTSD for all Yankee fans whenever he comes onto the mound. Chapman's the number one pitcher for keeping it interesting. He's not the guy you want to have a, a breeze, like three up, three down. He is. that. Yeah, the Altuve one was, I was like, well, fuck, I mean, that's gone. That's just gone. Yeah. That's and it's so- always Altuve, and it's always at Minute Maid. His numbers at Minute Maid are so bad. I don't know what it is. Ryan, could you have made that Evan Carter catch? Oh yeah, no problem. Easy. Yeah. No <laughs> doubt. No, he's a, he's uh he can really play, man. He's a good player. Yeah. He's played very Especially well. cuz I think he said he had to like run parallel to the Crawford boxes and then back to make that Yeah. Two. No, that's a really that's a really tough catch because yeah, those dimensions are just weird. If Altuve pulls that ball 15 feet more, you know, towards the line, that's a homer. Yeah. So you're yeah. kind of dealing with that. It's, it's a tough catch. And then to jump up and, and, and to make that catch at, in that like junction of the game too. It, I mean, that's, that's a great play without a doubt. Have you ever pulled a Jose Altuve where like you went, you didn't go back and touch second base? Cause that was embarrassing. <laughs> I actually did. I did in Japan. But I swear I touched. They called me out. I swear I touched it. But they uh, they called me out. They reviewed it and they they called me out. Yeah, I don't know. I was uh, I forget. Yeah, I was on first. Same thing. Like ball deep to left, and it clips probably somewhere. But yeah, I mine was not as as egregious as his. I swear I touched it. But you know, what are you gonna do? You don't see that play that often. That's like a little no. league. That's like no, 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 no. touch yeah. it, touch it. <laughs> well, it, that's the that was the craziest part because in my head I was like, okay, touch. Like I knew I'm like, gotta touch back, and they said I didn't. Allegedly, allegedly, allegedly missed the bag. You touched it though. Yeah, I touched it. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, I had a couple last, last, last things, and then we have a fun mystery at bat segment. Um. Here's here's one for you, Brian. Speaking of Japan, uh, there's a pitcher coming over. He played for Oryx. I'm going to butcher his name. Uh, Yamamoto. We're going to go Yamamoto, last name only. Um, he's coming. Did you did yeah. you hit off of him? Oh yeah, I hit off him all the time. He was yeah, same division. He's good. Okay, he's very good. Oh cool. That was my question. Yeah. What 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 is a team that's signing him this winter going to get? And then, do you have any tape of you hitting a home run off of him that we could tweet out? I don't think I ever homered off him. I got my first hit uh, of the season off him. I have that somewhere. Oh, that's yeah. great. Um, I know. Yeah, we had we had good battles. My numbers against him were prob my numbers against him were better than against Senga. Um, but I homered off Senga and didn't homer off Yamamoto. Um, he's good, man. I mean, he throws hard. Uh, 95, 97, something like that. Uh, good spin. And then he's got his splitter is he's got a very good splitter, um, good really really good curveball uh, to go with it too. And that's that's what he mostly threw to me. I don't know if, if he's changed that this year. I know he he changed his delivery a little bit this year, um, but he's I mean he's really good. He he really is. He's a smaller guy, but he's gonna be he's gonna get a lot of money and he's gonna pitch well over here. He he threw no hitter against us when I was there. Um, yeah. 
And but the you know it's the same thing. I mean, Asenga had success, so I would think he would too. Uh, the one thing that that's different it will be the strike zone. Um, you know, he especially those guys uh, get a lot of a lot of room off the plate over there in, in Japan um, that he will not be getting here. So that'll be interesting. But no, from like pure stuff, I mean, he's he can really pitch. I think he'll do very well over here. And he's 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 won like the triple crown of pitching in Japan for the last like three years or something. I mean, he's he's legit. Okay. This is good. I know what shit you're talking about too. He slapped a little like single to, to right field off him. Yeah, it was a splitter. Yep. He opened yep. yeah, he started against this open tonight. And uh I think I ground I think I struck out, grounded out, and then a little line drive to right field my third bat off him. But I yeah, we had those. Yeah. No, we won't. But we, no. yeah, we had some battles. He was he pitched against us a lot. I mean, a lot. Oh, cool. This is good. Okay. Uh, wait, I always get him. There's Sasaki's like the 19 year old that throws like 100 yeah. miles an hour, right? Yeah. Yeah. Sasaki's was in that division too. He plays for Chiba, uh, Chiba Lote. But yeah, he's he's still a few years away from coming over. Okay. He's that, that'll be the next. Yeah, Yamamoto is a better pitcher right now for sure than Sasaki is, but Sasaki's got a better fastball and splitter combo. I I would well, he's just got a better fastball, so it makes the splitter probably a little bit better. But Yamamoto can throw more pitches, excuse me, and locate better, I would say. I like it. Okay. Uh though I had two last things. Joey Votto, I don't know if you'd be keeping up with Joey Votto. Um, we had a little bit of a roller coaster, or at least I was on a personal roller coaster of emotion because I thought he was just going to retire. And then he went on yeah. Dan Patrick and he said he wants, he's going to come back. They have like a $20 million team option, which is not going to pick up, but he said he wants to play another year. doesn't want to go out like that. Did you kind of like, y- you knew he wasn't going to retire, right? You like, he wouldn't go out on like an ejection on like half a season's worth of games. Right. Yeah. I mean, that would have been tough to, for, for a player like that to have your last game is an ejection. Just, I, I wouldn't be able to do it, I don't think. But, Joey, I think you, you said this to me, too, and I said, Joey, if he feels physically that he can still play at a you know at a, a level that is acceptable to him and his standards, then he's going to do it, you know, and that's that's all it'll be. If he, if he felt physically like he couldn't do it anymore, then he would, then he would retire. But, um, you know, I think he gives it one more shot and – sees what happens. Uh, I still think he can, he can play. Um, but I don't, yeah, I don't see the Reds picking up that option and, um, man, it'd be crazy to see him in another uniform, but I feel like that's probably what's going to happen. Yeah. I don't know if they have, I mean, I don't know if if they have room for him, you know, they, uh, the kid in Carnacion strand is probably going to play first base. And I mean, they, the Reds have some good young players, so, Mm -hmm. I, I I don't know, but it will be very strange to see him in another uniform if that's what happens. Kate, yeah, I mean the entire the entire ejection thing threw me for a loop because I also thought he was I thought he was retiring the whole season and just not doing like the farewell tour like Maggie did, but then on the podcast. So now I'm very confused. If he's not on the Reds, though, I feel like he's not going to play. Do you think like he'd play one more year in another team? I guess he could. If he and wants to, if he just, yeah. yeah. I mean, I I definitely could see a scenario where the Reds bring him back and 
you know, he's, he, I don't think he'll play the field. I think he'll DH or, or whatever, DH, yeah. but I, yeah, it just depends on the kind of playing time that they could give him and stuff because I don't think the Reds, the Reds probably feel like they can truly compete next year, yeah. you know, to win the NL Central. So I don't know if, if they're just, even though it's Joey Votto and he is, you know, has been, has been the Reds for however long, like, I don't know if they'll just give him a bats for that at that point. It'll be, it'll be very interesting to see. Yeah. I don't know if he, I don't know if he want to be a part-time player either. I feel like I read that maybe Bob Nightingale or something had like, he wants to come back and play, but he doesn't want to just be like, like a strictly platoon, like 50 games next year. Kind of, he wants to play a lot. And I don't know if that's going to be on the reds. So I'm kind of bummed out about that, but I've, I've heard a, a smattering of Joey Votto stories from you over the years, Brian, um, you know, on the backfields of spring training before a game, getting all weird, like covered in mud and then going out and playing in that same uniform. Is there another, maybe it may be the first time you met Joey Votto. What was the first time? What was the first thing that happened when you met Joey Votto? Oh God. I don't even remember. Um, I don't remember when I first met him. Um, but 19 spring training was when we were together. It was just the two of us at first base, first base. Um, and he was just, you know, super helpful, super cool. Um, I'd ask him, I'd ask him everything and, you know, he'd always give me good answers and was always very open to talk like that. I mean, he was, (laughs) I remember talking to him about like retiring back then and, you know, he was still doing his thing and he was just like, you ever think about, I remember like outside the, the weight room before practice. He's like, everything about what you're going to do when you retire or like when you're done. And I was like, Joey, I'm still trying to fucking get there, man. I ain't thinking about that right now. And I was like, do you? And he was like, yeah, yeah. I think about it a lot. And I was like, what are you going to do? And he's like, I don't know yet. Maybe surf, maybe do like stuff like that. Like that's just who he is. You know, he, he is a great baseball player and he's obsessed with baseball, but he also has a lot of other interests and, you know, he goes full heart into things like chess. He's a great chess player. That's one of his things. Like he just, I think that off season 19, he didn't, he, he was like tired of lifting weights. So he, I believe he took like dance class, like dance, like salsa lessons or something. And like did, did stuff like that for footwork instead of like doing his normal stuff. Like that's just who he is. And, um, He's a good dude, and man, he's a great player. I'm just, I'm just picturing like showing up to like a Zumba dance class, and Joey Votto's there. <laughs> yeah, literally. That's what he does. That's, okay, that's fantastic. I love that he asks a rookie who hasn't even made his debut yet, "Hey, what are you doing when you're done?" Yeah. <laughs> oh, he was like dead serious that? too. Like it was just like a genuine question. It wasn't. Like he was just being like he was thinking about it, and he just asked me if I had ever really thought about it. And that's when he said, like he, I remember him saying something like, "As long as I, you know, feel like I can play well, I'm going to keep doing it. But if I stink, then screw it." That was, I think, that year too. He was like, he he was driving a minivan, I think, to spring training, like because he had a dog, he had a huge dog. Uh, I can't remember his name that he would bring like all the time, and he was just like in the minivan with him and he was rolling around Arizona in the minivan. Joey <laughs> Votto's rolling up on a Honda Odyssey with a, with a Doberman in it. Yep. 
pretty so sure. Good. It's so good. It was either that year, maybe it was the year before. I can't remember, but that was that definitely happened too. That's so everybody's showing up in like their exotic cars and like guys like 10 years of service time have like Lambos with like the gall wing doors and Joey's got the minivan where the button hits and the door slides. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'd heard like he was, cause he had like a big car collection too. I don't know if he still does or that's what I'd heard at the time. And then he like, I heard that he sold like all his cars and he bought that minivan. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how true that is or what, you know, anymore, <laughs> but that was what I was hearing at the time. <laughs> Un- unconfirmed yeah let's just <laughs> there were rumors circulating oh yep. fuck okay uh kate do you have any last last things we can do mystery at bat to end go ahead roll out the mystery at bat i'm, ex- I'm excited okay. to see brian's oh God, i'm nervous <laughs> i'm very i'm very excited about this i i so for those who don't know there's this thing called the the mlb the mlb film room you can look it up every pitch every game is on there in video form so like every pitch brian has seen in his three years in the big leagues are on that website and so sometimes i I don't know i was just checking it out you know just perusing just trying to just trying to see if there's any cool things in there um i'm gonna give me one second i gotta pull this up all right there we go look how technical look how tech savvy i am today so Um, tech savvy okay there's an at bat it is from 2021, so Brian was on the Padres. Is this going to work? Okay, I'm going to pause it right here. Brian, do you know what? Do you know what's about to happen? This is oh my the god! This is fucking. <laughs> um, what the hell is his name? This is Carpenter pitching to me, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's Matt Carpenter, position Dude. player pitching. Um, there's no sound, so the podcast listeners are going to have to watch the clip of this. But um, so I was so I have two- fucking mad for this. Look how bad this strike was. Yeah, well, this is a call strike. Three. It's so bad. My favorite is I don't know if you could see it because you have to like zoom in. You're, I think you shouted the f word and you like you screamed something because that was the worst called strike Probably. I've ever seen. I don't doubt Matt it. Matt Carpenter. Matt Carpenter. Uh, this is the result of that. Hang on. Yeah, I fucking popped up. I know what the result is. <laughs> well, the people don't. So yeah, fifty six. I th- I think that's Lane Thomas. So natitude. Oh my god. Um, I saw Dude, that. I, I was so mad after that. I was like feeling good too, like starting to feel good, hitting in the box there, and then I'm walking up and I'm like, I gotta hit off fucking Matt Carpenter. Are you kidding me? And then I think I started struggling after that. In all seriousness. Oh shit. I think I could be wrong. <laughs> No, I I don't matter. I hate the uh, – I never like position – if I see a position player pitching, I'm like, no, please no. Don't want to do it. Please, God. Yeah. It's like hard. It's just, yeah, it's hard. Yeah. It is legitimately – I think it's hard. You got to – it's because I'm too serious, especially like for me there. Like, you know, if, if it's a guy who like isn't fighting to stay up there every day and can yeah. just like relax a little more and have some fun with it, it's probably easy. But for me, I'm like, I need to hit this ball out of the stadium right now. And what I do, I pop it up in second base. <laughs> pressure is too much. Yeah, it, it, it really is pressure, though, because, like, I can't imagine if I struck out, I would, like, in my mind, I would be – I can't even tell you how angry I would be if I struck out to position player pitching. What were the conversations like? 
<laughs> what were the conversations like in the dugout when Carpenter was pitching? I don't remember. I don't remember. Okay. But we were, I mean, we were, you know, we were winning the game, so whatever. And that was actually, I think that was like we had a little COVID outbreak. So we had like some uh some of my my buddies some like random guys playing in that in that game too like i think we were missing like four or five starters and we we like uh, we won like eight games in a row or something with like a lot of triple a guys in the the lineup so everyone was pumped that we were just kind of rolling jorge mateo jorge was definitely on the team i don't know if he was playing it was like me, the guys who got called up, I mean, I was already on the roster, so it was like me, but then like my buddy Pat Kivelhan, I mean, who had a nice little career, but like he wasn't on the roster. He was, he got called up. John Andrioli, another guy like uh, Yvonne Castillo, I think had like his only couple big league games then. And like, yeah, I don't know. We, we played well and we won. So it was, it was funny. And I remember seeing a tweet, <laughs> like, I don't know if it was this year or last year, but like some of Padres fan complaining about, the Padres sucking with like, you know, all the really good players in there. And they were like, we won like eight games in a row with guys in the lineup, like Kimball Hand, O'Grady and Andrioli. And these guys can't even win. <laughs> oh, oh, those are like two of my really good friends too. So like, yeah, I love them. Shout out to them. I'm not, not knocking on them. It's just funny. <clears throat> okay. There's a part of me that feels bad that I made that the mystery at bat now. <laughs> oh no, that's hilarious. I don't care. I was just telling it's you I felt all the time. Yeah, I don't don't bother me now. Okay. I don't know if there's still like some residual, like you go to bed every night and there's that just like damn Matt Carpenter. Fucking, fucking Matt Carpenter ruined it. Matt Carpenter God 56 it. miles an hour. Oh, I think that's the only time I've ever faced him, at least in Pro Bowl. Like a uh position player, I think. Mm-hmm. Remember when Frank well, only- threw like 38? Frank, yeah. Yep, I do. I think that – but that, the reason why I remembered what clip it was right away was just because of the, the score of the game. And I just knew it was, like, that serious. It wasn't like I immediately was like, oh, fucking Matt Carpenter. Like, it's like, oh, I think <laughs> I know what this is. Yeah. <laughs> I think I had a hit off Wayne right in the, earlier in that game, so we'll call it even. Let's go. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well – uh, I think the next mystery at bat will be a little more happier or something. We're, we're going to go with a tater maybe or a you triple can bring or something. You can bring whatever one you want. I'll probably remember it, whether it's good or bad. I usually do. Okay. I love it. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of good though. So much good. All of it's yeah, good. Yeah, there's, there's some good. There's some good. Yeah. There's, there's only good. Uh, this <laughs> this has been incredible. Uh, this I, I love. I love anytime the three of us get together. I feel like it's some of our best work. So um <laughs> I, I do. I think I think I the agree. the one we did in June was one of my favorites, and I think this one's gonna this one's better than that one because we have a mystery at bat. True. True. <laughs> no doubt. Yeah, nice story out of it too. Okay. Brian, thank you as always for coming on. Uh and yeah, let's let's I guess go Phil's. Go Phil's. Yeah, go Phil's. Go Phil's. Yeah. Go Phil's. And before we get out of here, a special thank you to the band Stick Figure for allowing us to use today's intro and outro music. Wait up.